We were looking about careers like that, that you really should get back down to the nitty gritty of what am I, what do I like actually? What am I good at? All those old chestnuts, the phrases that we keep throwing around, but hopefully the students seeing, wow, that's so impactful if I follow that. I could do something incredible. I could do something that I absolutely love and also has a massive impact. Um, so I guess the, the phrase, the key phrase about this was the idea of might, um, the, the mighty might we were joking about. So not um, what can I do, but what might I do? Not how will this help me, but how might it help me? Not how am I going to get there, but how might I get there? For the Mighty Mites edition of Podcast UAC, you're going to hear from, of course, Nikki and Pat, who are going to talk a little bit about the Careers Week and the philosophy behind it here at UWC East. And we are also joined by a guest who is going to come all the way into our podcast from Spain. She is also a former UWC from Costa Rica uh, counselor, and she's going to talk a little bit about some of the questions and concerns that come along with preparing for our futures. Hi, and my name is Nikki, and and we are the UAC at UWC. Hi there, my name is Kyra Kellowan, and I am the careers advisor at Aloha College, an international IB and A-level school near Marbella in southern Spain. Thank you so much for the chance to do this kind of university counselling audio pen pal experience. It's really exciting to be able to work together. Uh, Prior to joining this school I worked on the university side for many years uh, in the UK and I was also a guidance counsellor first of all in New York but most recently I was a university counsellor and theory of knowledge teacher at UWC Costa Rica and I will admit straight away that that was a really rewarding experience for me. Um, I'm a massive UWC fan and working with students from 75 plus countries and lots of different socioeconomic groups I admit has has changed me has given my work a new perspective and a different focus that's driving me forward to try and create positive changes and ask new questions in guidance and of course Spain has lived through a really tough 10-11 years since the, the the first global financial crisis and families here have become very risk averse when it comes to choosing a program of study or an after after school path and so there are basically a handful of professions that can give a guaranteed return on investment in their eyes and these become even narrower if you're going to spend more money on sending your child abroad so they are what I like to call the parents big five they're business management economics engineering law and medicine and those professional pathways are some of the few that seem to offer a certain route to a paycheck So the first programs I was asked about were these, and since then, virtually nothing else. And interestingly, at least two of these fields require a strong drive and a really quite specific sense of professional purpose to have a successful application, so medicine and law. Um, But obviously, this was not the first consideration being made. The first consideration was, it's going to lead to a job, it's going to make me money. Um, but then not all of the families that I'm working with here are Spanish families. Not all of them are super affected by the crisis. And as a school that is a fee-paying school, they're certainly not short of money. So why what then were my students still focused on only a handful of disciplines and possible careers? And I was trying to get to the bottom of what they meant when they would say, I want to be in business 
or I want to be a business leader, uh, or I want to work in management. And for me, these were kind of woolier terms that needed more definition. So I would ask them, what kind of business? Um, what areas of business interest you the most? Um, and for some of them, they could mention specific areas like marketing or finance. Um, one student said to me, uh, I want to work for a business that just makes a lot of money. Yes. Um, and if their primary interest was management, many of the young men that walked into my office would say, I want to work in management, I want to be a manager. I then asked them, what kinds of styles of management did you aspire to? Or what kind of business leaders do you respect? Who do you look up to and why? And often when I asked those questions for the first time, there was a moment of silence and a kind of look of shock. Um, and it became really clear that some of those year 13s had never been asked that before. Um, so when they reached around, some of them would think for a minute, uh, the first few names would come up. People like Steve Jobs, like Elon Musk, like Jeff Bezos. Uh, male, white case studies that they'd learned about from their IB coursework really only a handful could pluck out someone that they had learned about on their own. So a business leader or a thinker that they respected themselves from being a customer of that business or from understanding more about their practices um, than just surface level figures or company worth or being mega famous. So I really felt like I had arrived at the end stage of something of a production line. And what I was seeing were lots of different versions of the same product the same student being pushed out into the world to study similar degrees at the same handful of universities that they all wanted to attend. So that got me thinking about why these young people had these ideas in their minds about what their purpose was, what they wanted to do, that weren't really fully formed ideas. They were sound bites. This year when I was working with the grade 10s, um, thinking about careers and the future, like it's it's something we, we obviously have to think about and they're interested in. Um, but I was just really mindful that I, you know, I keep hearing and still hear actually this, this worry that um, I don't know what my passion is, everyone knows what their passion is and I don't know what my thing is or what's the one thing I'm good at or I don't know what I want to do and I mean to be fair we do profiling as well and things with them about you know this is you know your type of personality and these are the type of things you might be good at and we do explore around that and okay so why do you think these things have come up what what is it that you know you've said that you you think you're good at that you think you're um interested in that's, that's made these things come up so i guess we have these exploratory conversations but there's this kind of overriding feeling that there might be a thing um and a worry that they haven't got their thing so um i i wanted to approach the grade 10 careers week really kind of blow that open a bit and think um, you know what, it could be so many things that, that might be um, what you're good at, what you're going to excel at, what you're going to be um, interesting in that field. Uh, so that was the focus, I guess. Um, and with that in mind, um, we talked about this idea of, um, you know, scratching out that word passion because it implies one thing, but more thinking about, um, you know, what, I can't remember what word I use now, I need to have a look at that in a sec, but, but thinking about possibilities, I guess, thinking about what your possibilities might be. Um, and the, the idea that, you know, you're, you're trying to 
climb, you're trying to build a, a, a ladder up against something, but making sure you're looking around and, and looking at where you're progressing and where this ladder might be leaning. different paths of products because uh, I think we talk about career paths a lot so I, I use products instead and I was showing them some examples of how a product was initially invented for one problem but as it evolved um, they figured out that um, it was actually going to solve a different problem and in a way that is their career so we looked at Listerine the mouthwash um, and originally that had been like an additive for a cigarette it had been some kind of detergent um, it had been a cure for some weird skin disease and eventually they figured out that actually it was better as a mouthwash um, and so that idea applies to careers too so you're trying to figure out what it is that you're going to really enjoy using in your life in terms of your personal qualities and your skills. So I will fast forward to another word that is um, more of a buzzword that's that's coming up a lot at the moment um, and this came up in a session with Lorena Silvestri who is herself a UWC alumna based in Madrid. She's a change maker educator and she works with young social entrepreneurs and I asked her specifically to come in and speak to my year group uh, it, last year. And she mentioned an important word that I like to use a lot, and the word is ikigai. It's a Japanese word, two words actually, iki meaning life, uh, gai meaning reason. Um, so literally, your reason for being. And although you might think, well, okay, that's just a buzzword, it sounds pretty woolly as well, a bit like find your passion or do what you love. Um, Ikigai is not, because as a concept, it, it, it requires a journey of self-reflection, and that makes it fairly practical. So if you do a, a quick search online and you look up Ikigai, uh, it will bring up a kind of Venn diagram that has four overlapping circles. What you love, what you're good at, what the world needs, what you can be paid for. And between those overlaps are placed the words passion, mission, profession, and vocation. So just with that, we are getting somewhere more concrete. Um, identifying our passions can be really hard, or it can be quite easy, depending on which lens we're using and who's asking us. So age 17, if I think back to my own experience, I knew I was passionate about some things. I knew I was passionate about Ethan Hawke films, uh, reading, uh, owning cherry red Dr. Martin's boots, uh, but none of those immediately call to a specific career. But if you'd asked me as a teacher, was I passionate about the things I was learning in English A-level, which was my, my best subject, I would have said, okay, Ibsen's a dollhouse, no. <laughs> Hamlet, eh. Uh, and the mayor of Casterbridge, ugh, definitely not, get away from me. But so at first glance, an English degree was not necessarily a match made in heaven, but it was still the, the one I made. But that was mainly because reading Hamlet and talking about it was still more fun than any other subject I was doing, and I could imagine doing it again, even for just a few years. But it, it still didn't mean immediately a job or a life goal in any way. However, if age 17 I had done the reflection and someone had sat me down and said, OK, you've told me that you like helping others, you like meeting new people, and I can see here that you're good at reading and writing, um, you seem to be doing well in English, um, and the world does need people who can help confuse students know what to do with their lives and help them apply to universities. You need to read their essays 
uh, help them correct them, write them letters of recommendation, and you can be paid to do that as a careers advisor and work at different schools around the world. I may have said, okay, tell me a bit more. That sounds pretty cool. So the first hurdle for doing any of this work for ourselves, for my students especially, is that none of that knowledge about your passions usually can be decided by your parents. So one, unless you're an unusual teen, they aren't going to know about your deepest passions because maybe they're a bit embarrassing or maybe you just don't want to tell them right now or they just totally wouldn't get it, which is really normal at your age. And secondly, no one can tell us what we love except us. So maybe the bit where parents can help us out is in knowing what the world needs or what we can be paid for. Um, after all, they are working themselves, maybe even hiring people, but they can't sit you down in a degree and they can't sit you down in a job that they can guarantee your love because only you can decide that. So I really felt that we in my school needed Lorena's voice because of all the reasons I'd heard in those first weeks getting to know my students. Uh, and I'd heard lots of references to making money. I'd heard lots of keywords, buzzwords about business. But I hadn't heard so much about passion, purpose, doing something good, doing something of, of intrinsic value to others. So in Lorena's keynote to our students at our first learning conference last year, she gave us some examples of people in business working in the real world who had, in her opinion, done it right because they had found that intersection of where their skills and the world's requirements met. Do you know anyone like that whose work journey has interested you? What was their path and how did they identify what they wanted to work on, what they wanted to change? Um, and basically, how have you found that your own students respond to those questions? And, and, and would this practice of reflecting um, using the Ikigai model be, be of help to them? And if, if so, why? And, and if not, why not? Um, I'm interested in hearing your thoughts and it's been really uh, cool to think about working with you guys. So thank you for your time. Nikki and Pat are going to be back next week with the answer to that question, but we would also love to hear from you. Uh, if you had a reflective activity or a way of framing uh, a conversation that helped you pursue your career, please let us know about it in the comment section. Otherwise, please tune in for part two of our Mighty Mites edition, our conversations about the journey and pathways into careers. Thanks.